Welcome to another Think Like a Champion episode. This is our 15th time together in Think Like a Champion, a podcast dedicated to helping you win in every way and enjoy every day. So I'm going to get right into the content because we are talking about a right relationship with money. But when you have a right relationship with money, everything goes better. When you have a bad relationship with money, it It seems to affect everything negatively as well. But everything in life boils down to one truth. Listen, this is so important that you get a hold of this. Everything in life boils down to one truth. Life is all about relationships. Life is all about relationships. If you can like master this thought, if you can grab a hold of this and make this the the foundation of of your life and everything flows through this lens and if you see everything through this lens that life is all about relationships think about it relationship with God is the most important relationship then your relationship with yourself then your relationship with your family and others We have a relationship with food. We have a relationship with money. We have a relationship with our bodies. We have a relationship with other people. I mean, with our church, we can go on and on. We have a relation. So everything is a relationship, whether it's a relationship with God or relationship with yourself. We all need to see that our life flows from the, the health of those relationships. When our relationship with God is unhealthy, then it, it usually is going to result in our relationship with all those other things being unhealthy. And even people who don't know God, who, have, who don't understand Christianity or haven't been exposed to real genuine, the Christianity, the, lo- the loving version of Christianity that Jesus intends, intends uh, even people that don't have that kind of relationship with God yet, when they have a healthy relationship with their self and have a healthy relationship with their own, with their own personhood, you know, they, they, they treat themselves, they're kind to themselves, they take care of themselves, they value themselves. When a person has a, a, a self-worth, a sense of self-worth, they usually, it usually affects their relationship positively in every other area. How you feel about yourself is going to result in how you feel about everything else and everyone else. And so that's why I really want you to get a hold of this, that whether we're talking about money or whether we're talking about health or whether we're talking about faith or whether we're talking about, uh, whether we're talking about Christianity, whether we're talking about evangelizing the world, whether we're talking about reaching the world with compassion and the love of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God, it all boils down to relationships. Because at the end of the day, If you have all the money in the world, but you have bad relationships with yourself, with your health, with your, with your family, then what good is that money? And if you are the healthiest person in the world, but you don't have, you never have any money and you're stressed out, what good is that? I believe that when you look at life, that everything in life revolves around relationships, that even in business, if you could get a hold of this, that doing business is all about developing relationships. It's not about making money. That now a lot of people reduce it down to just making money. But when you realize if you have a business, you know that when you have healthy relationships with your clients and when you're interested in giving them value and valuing them and seeing them not as a, a, a person to get something from, but a person to get something to and a person to partner with to accomplish something great, 
that's usually when you are most successful in life. And people that take advantage of others, they may get, they may get ahead temporarily, but in the end, they're going to lose in life because their relationships are self-centered. And, you know, 1 Timothy chapter 6 talks about all, all of these, this, all of our relationships with money, but he specifically talks about God first. And you're going to be amazed that he describes Jesus in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. It says, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. This is our, our heavenly father, Jesus in heaven who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be the honor and eternal dominion. Amen. And then I want to watch you, I want you to see the next verse. He talks about how all the honor and glory and dominion goes to God. In verse 17, and as for the rich in this present life, he says, instruct those that are rich in this present life not to be arrogant, and nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, but on God, but on God, but on God. Boy, I want you to see this. He says to the rich, instruct those that are rich. So if you're watching and you're rich out there, <laughs> I got an instruction for you. Don't be arrogant and don't put your hope. He said, don't set their hopes. Tell them not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So listen. He's saying there that riches are uncertain. There's, there's, a, there's an uncertainty element to financial riches. There's a certain uncertainty there. There's a, that, sounds like a, uh, that sounds like an oxymoron or, or a contradiction right there. But there's a certain uncertainty with riches. He says, don't put your hope in the uncertainty of riches. Sometimes money can come through for you and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it won't solve whatever problem you're facing. So our, our hope should not be in money. Our hope should not be in riches because they're not dependable, but our hope should be on God. He says, instruct those that are rich to put their hope on God, not on riches, but on God. Now notice how he describes God here, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Put your hope set, he tells them, he tells, Paul tells Timothy to tell the rich to don't put, set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. If we could just get a hold of this, that this boils down to and points back to, as I mentioned earlier, that everything in life boils down to this one truth. Life is all about relationships. Life is all about relationships. And the most important relationship is our relationship with God. So even in the presence of wealth, he is telling us in the presence of wealth, don't put your trust in those, in those riches. Don't put your trust in that wealth, but put your trust in God. And what will God do when you put your trust in him? He richly provides us and richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Now, if you got to, if you're going to, if we're going to take the Bible literally and it says God richly supplies us with all things or he supplies us with all things richly to enjoy, we have to ask ourselves, does that mean he will supply us with relationships 
richly to enjoy? Will he supply us with health, a rich supply of health to enjoy, a rich supply of money to enjoy, a rich supply of peace to enjoy, a rich supply of joy to enjoy? Will he provide all those things? Yes, he will. Who will he provide those things to? He will provide those things with or for. He will provide, provide those things for those who don't put their trust in the uncertainty of wealth, the uncertainty of money, the uncertainty of riches, but they put their trust in God who richly supplies us with all things. And then I love the last part of that word, that verse, to enjoy, to enjoy. One of the things we start out, Think Like a Champion podcast with is to enjoy every day, to win every day and to enjoy every day, to win in every way and to enjoy every day. Like God wants us to enjoy our lives. He wants us to enjoy our victories. He wants us to enjoy the people in our lives, that he wants us to celebrate the people in our lives, that people are not in our lives to get something from them. People are in our lives to enjoy. People aren't sent to us as problems to solve. God sends people into our lives as people to enjoy. And in the enjoyment of those relationships, a lot of problems get solved. But you can't look at people like they are problems to solve and you can't look like money as if it's going to solve your problems. This is really important. And then Paul says in verse 18, instruct people with wealth to do good and instruct those that are rich to be rich in good works. Don't just be rich, be rich in good works. There's nothing wrong with being rich if you're rich in good works. And he says, and to be generous and ready to share. Boy, this really is what I believe to be the greatest financial wisdom that God could ever give us is that even when we're rich, and I believe that many people that are watching here, you might have as one of your goals to quote unquote, be rich, to have wealth. And do you know that wealth is not a sin? Having wealth is not, being rich is not a sin. He, if it was, he would say, instruct those that are rich not to be rich. He was, if being rich was wrong, he would have said, instruct those that are rich. It's wrong to be rich. So get rid of their riches. No, he says, instruct those that are rich not to put their trust in the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. And then he further instructs the rich. He said, do good and be rich in good works and be generous and be ready to share. Are you ready to share? Boy, that's the, that's the key, that we're rich in good works. If, we're, if you're going to be rich, be rich in good works. If you're not rich in good works, it probably isn't going to do you any good to be rich. Think about that for a moment. If you're not rich in good works, what's the point of being rich? If you're not wealthy in good works, if you're not rich in generosity and ready to share, what good is it to be rich? Don't you see that? God's not against being rich. He's against being rich without being rich in good works, being rich without trusting God, being rich and trusting in your money. It's really the, our money in America anyway, says in God we trust. But do we? I mean, really? Do we? Re <laughs> Is that true? Is it really in God that we trust? Is it really in God that our country trusts? It's amazing that our, our, our currency is about talks about God 
and talks about trusting God. And yet with that currency, we're not trusting God. <laughs> what we do with that currency is demonstration of proof that we're not trusting God. Not trying to shame anybody, but I'm telling you, it's true. You're going to think like a champion. You gotta, we got to talk about this subject of money. And we have to talk about the root of it all. And we have to talk about what it means and what, where God fits in and where it fits into our relationship with God. Don't you see? He's saying, be rich, but be rich in good works. If you pursue wealth just to have wealth, it's going to cause you sorrow. But if you pursue wealth in order to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share, now you're you're getting to the why. Now you, you, you have the right why. You have the right reason or motive. Boy, I, I really am, I'm, I'm really trying to drill down on this. This is really something that I think can really change your life. If you could really get a hold of everything boils down to life is all about relationships. Therefore, your relationship with God your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your money, your relationship with food. You know, we have a relationship with food. Some of us have some best friends that are, we have certain foods that are really good friends to us and certain foods that we don't like that much, right? And that's just like people. So that's why we have a relationship with food. And when you have a healthy relationship with food, you're going to treat it properly. When you have a healthy relationship with money, you're going to treat it properly. And guess what? It's going to treat you properly too. And when you have a a healthy relationship with people, they're going to treat you properly because you're treating them properly. When you have a, uh, a healthy relationship with God, you're going to really enjoy your life because there's no greater joy than to have a relationship with God. There's no greater joy than to know where you're going when you die. You know, some of us are trying to figure out where we're going when we're 30. Some of us are trying to figure out where we're going when we're 50. Some of us are trying to figure out when we're go where we're going when we retire. You know, I read articles all the time, the 10 best places to retire in America, 10 best places to retire in around the world. I get articles like that and I read some of them and they're kind of interesting at times. But then I think, wow, you know, we're so focused on where we're going to retire and our retirement may, may only last from age 65 to 85 or from 70 to 90. My parents uh, are in their 80s now and they've already told me they're believing they're gonna be centurions. They're gonna live till they're 100. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and more power to them, right? That's amazing. And, and um, I think I got a message from my mother recently and she said, uh, boy, I hope you just keep preaching this for 40 more years. And I said to her, 40 more years? I mean, I'll be 90-something years old. I hope Jesus comes back before that. That's my point right there. <laughs> I got a little distracted, but now I'm back. Listen, we really plan, don't we plan? We plan for our retirement. We put 401, or, you know, uh, 401ks and retirement funds and investments. And we, what do we do that for? We do that for the last few years of our life. We're doing that for 10, 20, 30 years. We work all that time for those 10, 20, or 30 years. If we're that focused on how we're going to retire, how much more should we be focused on how we're going to spend eternity? That's why life, when it all boils down to, when, it, when you boil it down to one truth, it's that life is all about relationships. All right, we're talking about, though, our relationship with money. No one, let me say this about money. No one is truly bad with money. No one is truly bad with money. They're just 
They just have a bad relationship with it. You're, nobody's bad with money. When money, money comes in and money goes out, you know, you're not bad with it. You're not like wondering, oh, is this money? Uh, I wonder what I could do with money. Everybody, nobody is bad with money. We're just, we just have a bad relationship with it and a bad relationship with money is what leads to so many bad decisions with money. So it's not about being good or bad with money. It's about having a good or bad relationship with money. And a bad relationship with money is results in, a bad relationship with money results in you feeling powerless over your money situation. When you feel powerless over your money situation, you have a bad relationship with money. A, a right, healthy relationship with money is when you feel powerful over your money, not powerful because you have money, but that you feel power over your money, that your money is working for you rather than you working for it. That is the, that, that begins, that you begin to have that power and walk in that power when you have a healthy relationship with money. You see, you could have a good habit with money, like having a budget, but because the relationship is bad, the budget won't serve you. You'll end up serving it and it, it won't always work because it's controlling you. It has power over you. You need to have power over it. Our relationship with money, and this is why it's so important that we, we kind of do a, a, a inventory of our of how we grew up sometimes. Our relationship with money starts when we're children. It starts with our childhood. The beliefs that we have formed about money are shaped by our parental, the, how we grew up, our parents' attitude about money, the stories our family has, has told about money and the personal experiences we have with money. Well, let me say those three things again. Our relationship with money starts in our childhood and it's formed, our beliefs. You see, if I could get you to see this, that what you believe about something is what matters more than anything. And what you believe about God is what matters about you more than anything. What, the most important thing about you is what you believe about God and then, because that will shape what you believe about everything else. So, but when it comes to money, our beliefs about money are shaped from how our parents viewed money, their attitude about money that you observed, you might not have observed consciously, but you observed, you observed subconsciously. And the stories your family has shared and the stories your family went through regarding money shapes your belief about money and your personal experiences shape your belief about money. All three of those things contribute towards your belief about money, but experts believe and they have said many times, experts said, have said that by the time we are seven years old, we have formed our beliefs about money, whether they're good or whether they're bad. By the time we're seven years old, that's why we have to go back and examine that, how we thought about money growing up, how, what beliefs we incorporated into our life. Because there are many wrong beliefs that hurt your relationship with money. And I've got a few steps here to, to create a healthy relationship with money. The first one is you must be willing to interrupt your old beliefs about money. You must be willing to interrupt your beliefs about money, like the belief that money will make you happy. That is an old belief 
that you have to interrupt or the belief that you don't, I don't deserve that much. That's a belief you're going to have to interrupt. The belief that uh, rich people are greedy. You're going to have to interrupt that belief system because that belief system is keeping you from being, that, that is one belief system that will keep you from being wealthy or being rich. And I, I use that word rich loosely because I know some people take it wrong and Christians, many Christians sometimes can take this in the wrong way. Life is not about being rich, but the more money that you are good with, the more money that you uh, have a healthy relationship with, the more that money is going to work for you and the more impact that you're going to be able to make. And you know that you don't have to change your career to increase your financial wealth and build your financial wealth. Cause we're talking about, it's one thing to just have money. It's another thing to build money. It's one thing to spend money. It's another thing to build wealth. It's one thing to have the possibility of having wealth, but then wasting it and not building with it. So, but we got to interrupt our beliefs about money that, that some of us believe that our self-worth is going to produce our net worth or our net worth is a result of our self-worth or our, I've even thought that at times, but self-worth and net worth are two different things. A person could have a healthy self-worth, but not have a healthy net worth, but a healthy self-worth will be more helpful towards obtaining a healthy net worth. But there's also this idol. We idolize money in some ways because we use it to to get something before we can afford it. We use money to get something before we can pay for it. We, we buy something now to make us feel good, but we have to pay for it more later over time. And we're not factoring in the, uh, ref, the there's gotta be something inside of you that has, um, there has to be a, a switch in you that you can turn on called delayed gratification. You have to turn on this switch inside of you of delayed gratification where you are willing to delay some of the gratification that comes from having things. And because a lot of times people, they go into debt to have the gratification of having something. And you need to believe in delayed gratification, which true gratification is going to come when you can buy things later in life that don't cost you something later in life. Well, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack in that. But the reason I call it the idolatry of money, we use, we treat money as an idol. We treat money as some sort of God to make us feel better. And we, we buy things with it to make us feel better, but we are, we're going to end up later feeling worse because we have to keep paying so much more for it. You know, the average American household debt has reached over almost $15 trillion American household debt as of May, 2021, that statistic, $15 trillion American accumulated household debt. Wow. That is, uh, that's hard to, to fathom. That's, that's staggering. You think about how much debt that we have as households. And so we have to interrupt our beliefs with new belief, with new beliefs. We must interrupt our old beliefs and evict them. Like you have to introduce, 
Like there's a belief that's been living in your head, not paying any rent, but there's been a belief in your head that has told you that you'll never amount to much or rich people are greedy or it's ungodly to have more. And these tenants that you've allowed in your head, paying no rent, they're not paying you anything. They're not making you any better. You need to evict them. You need to give them an immediate eviction notice and you need to get them out of your life. And then you need to adopt new beliefs. And what are those new beliefs? Like, for example, that there's nothing inherently evil about money or even a lot of money. There's nothing evil about a lot of money. Money is simply an amplifier of the heart. If you have a good heart, you're going to use money for good things. If you have a bad heart, you're going to use it for bad things. The Bible says where your treasure is, there is your heart also. It's simply going to be an amplifier of what you believe. It's going to be an amplifier of how of 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 what of what kind of heart you have. So we have to adopt this new belief that money is not evil. Money is an amplifier or a magnifier of what you already are. Number two, adopt the new belief that success was God's idea. It is God's will for you to succeed. The Bible says that Joseph, though he was a slave in Egypt, to, in Potiphar's house, God made him a successful man. He was a successful man in Genesis 39, verse 2. He was a successful man because God was with him. Success was God's idea. He said in Genesis, let every seed reproduce after its own kind, that every seed would multiply. He said, be fruitful and multiply. That is a, that is success is God's idea. Multiplication is God's idea. Having an abundance is God's idea. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you would have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. The abundant life is God's idea. We have to adopt these new beliefs. God wants you to enjoy things in life. Boy, that's something that Christians have a hard time with. God wants you to enjoy things in life. This includes money. Doesn't mean that you're supposed to do whatever you want, but God wants you to enjoy life and enjoy things in life. That includes money. Another, new, another belief, new belief we need to adopt is God never says no to anyone who asks him to bless them. Jacob asked God to bless him and he wouldn't let go of God. He wrestled with him until he blessed him. Jabez asked God to bless him. And it, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, Jabez said, Lord, he cried out to God, God, bless me indeed. Lord, bless me indeed. And later in the next verse, it says, and God granted his request. God didn't say no. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 23, or verse 24, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full. And, and if you go to the verse, one verse earlier, he said, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Wow. This is so critical to, to having a right relationship with money. It's dismantling the wrong beliefs, the unhealthy beliefs, and adopting the new beliefs that I'm going over with you. The next thing you need to do to uh, 
succeed is, and to have a right relationship with money is to get advice. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven says, wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. And then he goes on to say, and in all you're getting, get understanding for it's, it's treasure is better than that of silver and gold. And I know we talked about this last week about wisdom, but the Bible says in James chapter one, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously, but let him ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So boy, if we could get a hold of this, of this principle of asking for wisdom and asking advice, get, you know, there's free advice everywhere on the internet, online, you can find free advice. You can find free advice from your favorite financial guru out there. You, you know who those people are. You, you go get advice from them, get the free advice. Don't pay $99 and 99 cents to get advice that you can get for free. If you, if you would just stick with the free advice that you can get online, then you can get yourself out of debt. You can get yourself building some savings. You can get yourself in a happy place because you're generous. And the, the Bible says that, that happy is the man that's generous. Happy is the person that's generous. It's more blessed, you're more happy, you're more fortunate when you give than when you receive. Boy, there's so much that I wanna share about having a right relationship with money, but I'm out of time today and I just wanna encourage you to to listen to this and to let this sink in and to be prepared to dismantle the limiting mindsets and beliefs that you've had and adopt these new beliefs that will guide you into a healthy relationship with money. And never forget, all of life boils down to this one truth. It's all about relationships. Life is all about relationships beginning with your relationship with God. Thanks for joining me on Think Like a Champion today. If this has brought value to you in, every, in any way, please share it and let a friend know. Make sure to also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you can also support this ministry financially. If you believe in what we're doing, I wanna encourage you to help me inspire more people to positive change, to truly experiencing the goodness of God and change through the truths that transform in God's word. Those truths will transform. You can sow a seed of any amount, sow a gift of any amount at lifechangerschurch.com. This is quote unquote our offering time. So go ahead and give whatever your heart moves you to give or the Holy Spirit moves you to give. And I thank you in advance for doing that. Go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give. And thanks again for joining me. I'll see you next week on Think Like a Champion. And you are always welcome to join me at Life Changers Church. Go to lifechangerschurch.com for our service times and locations. Love you guys. Have a beautiful day. Remember, life is all about your relationships. God bless.